It's always showtime at BetMGM Sports. You can make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 when you sign up with the code SHERDOG. Don't let another game day go by without having the ultimate sports betting app in the palm of your hand. Discover non-stop excitement with BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and dozens of betting options, including live wagers, props, parlays, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is or how you like to wager, find out why there's nothing like getting a W at the King of Sportsbooks. Use the code SHERDOG and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help uh, in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Tennessee, call the red line at 800-889-9789. In Mississippi, call 1-888-777-9696. Sports betting is void where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Betting Show with me, Sean Sheehan here on SureDog.com and uh, it's another UFC weekend uh, this weekend we're not no Bellator no PFL uh, we have an Eagle FC card I'll run through a couple of bets uh, on that as well I saw the odds just went up this morning but all my bets uh, here today are from uh, the UFC so I'm gonna uh, give you five like I do every week with one it's kind of a half flyer this week I actually I kind of like it this week to be honest but um we will um, we will get into it anyway. Last week, not the not the best week in the world. I think I only went one from five, so not uh, not brilliant. But uh, uh, the show came out a bit later last week anyway, so maybe <laughs> maybe if you missed the bets, and you, you know what, you're probably better off. But um, yeah, we'll get into the bets here anyway. And as I say always, this is this is an MMA show, kind of about betting rather than uh, a betting show <laughs> where they where they mention MMA. So uh, feel free to to disagree with me if you want. If you want, let me know your bets in the comment section below. And I'm looking at this from. And MMA point, looking at the fights, breaking them down a little bit and thinking maybe, oh, you know, that person is maybe a little bit too much of a price or maybe they shouldn't be favoured or whoever it might be. And we'll talk about it like that. And please, before you bet, please bet responsibly. Uh, don't bet more than you can afford and even bet way less than that. Uh, and uh, let's just have some fun with it. Don't get into any trouble or don't uh, don't go overboard with it. This show is about having a bit of fun, about putting a, a fiver on the Saturday morning before the fights come on and uh, let's uh, let's all keep it like that let's have let's have some fun with it um right let's get let's get straight into it so and I'm, I'm going to start with the UFC main event I usually uh, or for the last while anyway I've kind of been avoiding these main events a little bit but this one I'm going to go for I'm going uh, for my first bet it's uh, Holly Holm to win by decision 
at minus 125. And now I've been looking at this. This price has changed a bit, but it's it's always around one minus 195. So check uh, when you're betting on this exactly what the price is before you uh, before you go and do it. But um, you know, if you're looking at a minus price for a prop like this, usually I would I would nearly say avoid it. But in this fight, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I think it is the obvious outcome of the fight, and it's close enough to even money, I think, for it to be, uh, you know, a good bet. Um, having gone back and watched, you know, I've seen, obviously, loads of both of them, but gone back and watched home and Vieira, it's it's a matchup that I think is going to be really hard for Ketlin Vieira. Uh, you know, she has some good wins recently. She's, look, she beat Misha Day and she's beat Sajari Eubanks and, you know, Kat Singano and you know, she's lost to the Kunitskaya in that very, very close, weird fight and Irina Aldana as well. Uh, but look, she is she is a good fighter and we know about Holly Holm, you know, the, the Ronda Rousey win back in the day. Uh, she's won her last two. She beat Aldana, she beat Pennington. So it's not like she's some spin force or anything like that. Now it is, you know, a year and a half since she's fought uh, that fight against Serena Aldana. Uh, you know, she lost to Amanda Nunes before that as well, back in 2019. And, you know, she's fought Cyborg. She's fought the best of the best in that division. And she's had, you know, contract disputes and everything like that. So it's hard to know maybe where Holly Holm is in her career. The one thing about Holly Holm is, well, she's 40. And, um, you know, we've... Look, we've seen lots of lads fight up until that age. Look at the history of of men's uh, MMA, but in women's MMA, we don't see it that often. I suppose we saw. Um, oh God, what's her name? Oh, she was a teacher. She had a French name, uh, Marion Renault. She was forty when she fought, wasn't she? But for Holly Holm uh, as well, she's probably the most success, successful fighter to get up to that age, I suppose. So, and that's interesting. You know, we talk about everyone. I, I was talking about someone last week, and they were thirty-three or four, and I was saying, uh, sure, they might be getting on a bit. So, when someone's forty and they haven't fought that much uh, in the last couple of years, it's definitely a talking point, and definitely can be something that uh, you should look at coming in here. Now, I'm going against my own bet when I say that, but that's what this is about as well, talking it out and giving the plus and minuses I suppose for these um, when I look at the technical matchup and having gone back and watched some of those fights as I mentioned I just find it very hard to see Ketlin Vieira implementing her style against the style of Holly Holm like if you've never seen either of them fight I would suggest that they are almost polar opposites in terms of, of strikers uh, while being a little bit similar at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like, Kellen Vieira is that that kind of pressure counterfighter. I use that phrase a lot, but, you know, the McGregor type of fighter, the, uh, uh, what was your man, uh, Andre Filo type of fighter we saw a couple of weeks ago that pushed you forward, pushed you forward, pushed you forward, hopes for mistaken encounters and throws a few leads as well, but they're looking for counters when they throw those leads most of the time and trying to catch you with big shots. Um, she has a bit of wrestling and she, you know, she can do a bit of everything, but I think that's where she's at her best. Now, so maybe some people will disagree with that, but that's what I saw going back, uh, going back and watching some of her fights. Uh, Holly Holm is, uh, you know, she was obviously a world champion boxer before she, uh, before she came over to, uh, to mix martial arts. Uh, and she is a long outside fighter is what I would say. Um, she is very much a point fighter, tries to win fights via, you know, via decision, I would say. Although, you know, she has eight KOs in, in her 14 wins in MMA and six decisions, but 
invariably when she got to the higher level she she started winning you know more uh, more decisions her last three wins in a row in the UFC are all by a decision uh, so I suppose that kind of uh, that kind of tells a story and, you know her one win in by a knockout since the Holly home fight is Bech Cohea back in 2017 so that's her one knockout win in the UFC in the last seven years so that that isn't a lot, and it, feel, it doesn't feel like that. Ronda uh, <laughs> Rousey, Ali Holm, was seven years ago, but here we are. Um, so, I, I, like th- that's what Ali Holm is—an outside long fighter who doesn't land many strikes, who kind of punches from so far of a distance that she's hitting the air, air most of the time, and uh, forces her opponents to try to break that distance, and they do it very unsuccessfully. She has very good footwork. Um, and it's more evasive footwork than anything else. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, Peter Yan kind of footwork or anything, where which makes her like an unbelievable boxer uh, in the pocket like Yan is. Uh, well, at times, anyway, before the <laughs> before the last fight. Um, so it's very much she's very much a defensive fighter who lands the strikes that she needs to win rounds and wins fights. And it, look. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not the, the the greatest style in the world. She like now she does take her chances as well. If someone gives her a big opening and they rush forward, she's happy to take that and she'll throw a little left hook or she'll throw the high kick, as we saw uh, in the Ronda Rousey fight. But a lot of what she does is trying to be very safe. Um, and when you meld that with the style of Ketlin Vieira, who tries to get people to kind of come out so she, to be unsafe so she can counter them it doesn't really work very well because Holly Holm is not going to like launch in with strikes and get hit. She's just not. That's just not the way she fights. Um, so Ketlin Vieira is going to have to change things up and do something different. Now, does she have the ability to do that, especially in a fight at this level over five rounds with someone like Holly Holm? Um, that remains to be seen. I don't think we've seen her doing it. We, we haven't seen her doing it. Um, and it'll take a lot to do that. Now, Maybe the, the game plan coming in will be different. I, I watched a couple of fights there. She was wrestling a couple of times. She she can wrestle. She can put you against the cage. She can take it on. Holly Holm, though, because of that footwork, it's very hard to wrestle, very hard to take down. Um, so I don't know if that is uh, if that is going to be an issue for her either. Now, all right, it's going to be a, a good plan for her either. I think a plan maybe for for uh, Vieira it's to push the pace on Holly. Just even if she's not, uh, you know, if you, even if she's not landing shots, even if she's not hurting or anything like that, push the pace, push the pace, push the pace. Because Holly Holm in the past has been known to get a little bit tired. You know, the Misha Tate fight, I suppose, is an example of it. Another, a couple of others as well. Now, I, I wouldn't say it's like a massive flaw in her game. Like, I wouldn't say she's terrible cardio or anything like that. But maybe that's a way to do it. If your cardio is better than now. Vieira probably doesn't have the best either in terms of like she's all you know she's I always use the example of Ken Velasquez she's not Ken Velasquez like so I don't know how well that's going to look all in all here my thinking is that Holly Holmes going to win the decision because I think it's going to be a fight where not many punches are landed uh, you know we've had in the UFC and in Bellator over the last few weeks we have had some dreadful uh, co-main events and main events as well and I wouldn't be surprised if this is another one and uh, Holly Holm comes out on the uh, on the right side of it. Now, as I said, I'll say it again, that 40 years of age uh, thing is an issue. Uh, if it isn't an issue, though, I think I think she should win this fight and probably win it, uh, you know, in pretty uh, pretty dominant fashion on the cards while probably not landing that much. And it could be another one where, uh, where we're talking about the judging at the end of it, but let's, let's hope not. Um, okay. I will leave it at that. Next fight, I'm going to I'm going for uh, Felipe uh, Corrales. 
uh, to win, and he is uh, fighting Chase Hooper. And just let me get the updated uh, price here on him. He is minus one sixty-five um, against Hooper. So, uh, and you know that price has come in as well. I'm just uh, I have my notes here from uh, yesterday when I, when I was uh, right now some of my prices, and he was minus one eighty. So into minus one sixty-five now, and that's. I was thinking about one, minus 180. I think minus 165 is obviously it's even better. Um, look, Felipe Corrales is not the best fighter in the world. Don't get me wrong. He is, you know, he's not that great of an athlete. I don't think he hits that hard. Um, he can, he, I, I like his wrestling. He, he can strike as well. Uh, but I think the difference here, and he's fighting Chase Hooper. And look, for Chase Hooper, obviously very good on the ground, good jiu-jitsu. A very light frame, not the strongest in the world, uh, has almost zero striking. I know he went and he trained at Wonderboy for a while. Not sure where he's been since, but uh, he doesn't look like he's going to knock anyone out with that striking or cause anyone any troubles with that striking. Um, and that that's going to be an issue for his game going forward, and I don't know how he's going to adjust that and fix it. Now, the reason I'm picking this... Uh, uh, victory here for Felipe Corrales uh, is simply out of toughness. Like, you look at the Steven Peterson fight, and he just out-toughed him. Steven Peterson, a good fighter, not a great fighter, similar to Corrales, or Calares, even Calares. I always mess that up. Um, uh, slightly better than Calares, I would say, to be honest, but he just came forward, he took Hooper down, Hooper wasn't able to do anything on the ground. On the feet, he just, like, ate him up. And anything that Hooper did, he just kind of walked through it. Uh, I think Calares will be a similar type of thing. I think he'll walk forward, land lots of punches. Uh, Chase Hooper will try to take him down. He'll probably pull guard and things. Um, I think he'll probably get the fight to the ground, but I think Calares is tough. I don't think he's the tapping type or anything like that. And, you know, not, not necessarily the tapping That's the wrong way of saying it. But I think if he is caught in something bad, I don't think he'll be panic tapping. Or I don't think... Uh, I think he's a tough man. If he's, you know, caught in an arm bar or something like that, he'll probably try to slam his way out of it or something. And it's, it's that sort of toughness that I think even if... Um, Chase Hooper has moments in the fight, I think Calares will be able to come through those moments. And I think he'll land some ground upon. I think he'll push him against the fence and land some shots. And I think he'll probably... He'll either win a decision or maybe he'll finish uh, Hooper. I Look, I think this is good matchmaking, honestly. I don't think you get many easier fights in the UFC for Chase Hooper. Um, the problem is I don't think you can get a fight that Chase Hooper can win almost. And that, that sounds bad, but he's just... I just don't think he... I don't think he's going to be good enough to, to fight in the UFC. Now, he could win this one. Look, he could take him down and he could uh, submit him or he could uh, pull a guard and he could submit him. He de definitely has good jiu-jitsu and everything like that. But with like his frame and his lack of athleticism, I suppose, in 2022 MMA, it's going to be very, very hard. It's going to be very hard for him to, to succeed long-term. Uh, and honestly, I, I don't see it. Now, Clares might be one he'll get over, but um, I just think... If it look, if it gets into any sort of a a duel, if you want to put it that way, if it's a tough matchup, if it gets into a world where, you know, both of them have got hit or there's a bit of blood flying or anything like that, I would pick Claris in that fight every day of the week, and uh, I think that toughness is something that will will see him through here because he, as I said again, he's not the best fighter in the world. He doesn't have the best boxing. He isn't crisp or anything like that. Not amazing jiu jitsu. He has good wrestling. I think an okay boxing, better than. Uh, Better than Hooper, and I think uh, I think that'll be enough for him. Um, right, 
my next bet here, I, I'm going for, uh, and it's an int- this is an interesting one, Anderson Park. I'm going for the fight to finish inside the distance, uh, plus 120. Um, got a bit of both of them here this morning before, uh, before I record this. And it it did. They're both very similar, I think, in the way they. No, when I say that, I, I think maybe early days of Anders was similar to uh, to Jung Young Park, the way he maybe fights now, where he kind of come out try to you, like. I think they're both very good athletic guys. We all, you know, we always hear about Eric Anders playing football or hockey or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, football, I think American football, and um, you know, hear about his athleticism and everything like that. And and I think Park is very good as well. He's fast and he's strong and he hits hard and he's able to throw his strikes I think the thing about Anders as well maybe he hasn't uh, maybe thrown as much or opened up his hands as much uh, lately as he has in the start of his MMA career and you know that's he has six losses and that's probably the reason why but still I think he'll see someone like Park and I think he'll probably back his athleticism to beat Park's athleticism. You often see that in two guys who, you know, you see it in San Heavyweight uh, a lot of time. We you know when the, the Matt Mitrions and the Brendan Schaubs and the, the other lads like that that came over from football that backed themselves as athletes came in and they saw someone else and thought, oh, I'm a better athlete than him. And then they kind of went toe to toe with him. We saw that a lot. Uh, and I think this will start to be one of those fights. Uh, I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be predominantly on the feet. You know, um, if you look at Park, he has 13 fights. And, okay, he's three submissions, but he's uh, five knockouts and five uh, five wins by a decision. Whereas Eric Anders, in his 14 fights, he's only one submission, eight KOs, and, and five uh, decisions there as well. So, like, they have a very good finishing rate between them as well. If we're looking, even if the fight goes to the ground, maybe someone could, uh, could get caught in a submission. But I don't think so. I, I think, uh, look... It's been it's not been a great time in the last while for uh, for Eric Anders. He lost to Andre Muniz, you know, who isn't losing to Andre Muniz, I suppose these days. He beat Darren Stewart before that and then he had the no contest and he had the Chris Josh Jotko loss. So it's been a tough kind of pandemic period for him with only that uh that Darren Stewart win and I think maybe he'll have a bit of a point to prove here and he'll want to come out and he'll want to um you know, he'll want to land some shots and, and do well. Now I I think even even if you look at, at um at Young's last few wins, okay, he's won three fights in a row by decision, uh, but I think a lot of his fights outside of the UFC, and maybe you can say, okay, the, the level wasn't as good there, maybe, are, uh, you know, he, but he did, he he submitted, a, I'm just looking here, he submitted Ray Cooper, so, um, you know, there, there are some, uh, there's some good wins there as well. Yeah, I, I, look, I would probably just about favour, um, uh, what's his name, Jesus Christ, I have the worst memory of all time, Eric Anders to win here, and I think I just think someone will get caught. Um, Par, I'm just looking at Par, Park is actually the big uh, favorite here, but I don't know. I just I fancy Anders to open up a bit with these strikes here. I fancy him to not fight like he has been fighting maybe, and uh, I think that could be the difference. But I, look, I think uh, I really I think this will be a fun fight. I think someone's getting put down at one stage in this fight, and I think someone will get finished. But look, we'll wait and see, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and that's my bet. Uh, fight doesn't go to decision, plus 120. Right, speaking of fun fights, let's talk about Michel Pejea versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, I'm going for Michel Pejea to win here. He's minus 120. The price hasn't changed since I was looking at it. Do you know what it actually has? He was minus 125 when I was looking at it yesterday. Minus 120 now. Uh, so he's come in a bit uh, in the betting. Or he's gone out a bit even in the betting, is it? I don't know. Anyway, um... 
<laughs> this is a this is a fun fight. This is a really fun fight, and we talk about athlete versus athlete. I think this is is one of those fights too. You like you look at Michel Pahey and you look at the way he fights and the way he's kind of changed up his fighting. Um, and you look at Santiago Ponzinibbio, who lands big shots, who's who, who's a very good counter fighter as well, and who can who can bide his time. And we saw in that uh, Mikel uh, Mikel Baeza fight, isn't it? Is it Mikel? His first name? It is Mikel. Um, he got hurt, and he was able to come back, and he has that heart. You know, after being out for so long, and he had very bad injuries and health concerns and everything, um, to come back was was phenomenal. I just think he's not maybe the same fighter since he came back, and not the same athletic fighter either maybe and uh, you know talking a lot about athletics today i suppose but it can be a big part of mixed martial arts and especially in a fight like this where we see michelle pehea an awful lot and, you know we saw him in that uh, the fight i just mentioned there a second ago andre andre filo um and i think i feel i think is one of the best you know, up-and-comers in the world, even though he's had 25 fights or whatever it might be. He's a very, very good fighter, and it was on short notice and everything. But I thought Ponzinibbio on that was, like, just a little bit faster. And even though I think uh, Fialo maybe was... or Not maybe better, but is a very good technical fighter. I just think at this stage of his career, I actually... And it's maybe a weird thing to say, but I think Ponzinibbio is maybe like a lesser version of Fialo at this at this portion. And my, now people listening to this are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but I, I, you know, I haven't thought about that before. That just came to my, <laughs> my head right now. Maybe I'll take it back in the future. But I, I actually think he is like, he, he, I don't think he's as good a, a, a jabber and, and technical striker as Fialo. Uh, at this stage of his career as well, I don't think he hits as hard as Fialo, and I don't think he's as fast and as athletic. And if Pehea can beat Fialo the way he did, why can't he beat Ponzinibbio this way? Now, the name there is all Ponzinibbio's name value. If uh, Pehea wins this, he's probably going to get ranked, uh, or may- maybe anyway. And that, that brings a little uh, a little bit uh, of something different with it. That brings a bit of pressure. That brings, you know, expectation as well. And the fact that he's a favorite here as well uh, brings expectation. Like, Pehe, when he came into the UFC, he was flipping and diving. And I loved it. I, I would love if he fought that way forever. Uh, but there was no expectation on him, really. No, everyone, uh, the expectation was on him to have fun fights. And if that's all your expectation, you can live off that forever. There's no expectation, really. But when your expectation is to, and I've said the word expectation about 50 times, uh, when it's to become a ranked fighter, when it's to become a champion, when it's to change your game up, to be a better all-around fighter, even though maybe not as entertaining, in my opinion, anyway, I still love him and I still love his fights and there's nothing wrong with it, but that's a different sort of pressure, different sort of expectations to be the best rather than to be the most entertaining. Um... So that's a big thing, I suppose, coming in and leading into this. Um, and that could affect him. It absolutely, we've seen it in people in the past. It's definitely affected him, and it could affect him as well here. Um, I just think if Ponzinibbio can use his jab from the outside, the fact this is three rounds as well and not five rounds, I think is, is a big help to him. Use his jab from the outside, hurt Ponzinibbio early, but not overextend yourself and gas yourself out. If he does that, he could end up like Baeza and he could end up fucking finished in the third round or whatever it might be. Uh, I think he needs to be careful with Ponzinibbio. He, you know, sometimes you see guys and they, they jab or they, they hit someone with a big shot and they knock him down and you know they don't finish him and everyone's roaring like, ah, Jesus, why didn't he finish him? I think Ponzinibbio, or Pihea here, I think he's better off getting away from Manzanibio, letting it back to his feet, knocking him down again and letting the referee decide when it's finished. Because 
Ponzinibbio, if he doesn't finish him and if he gasses himself out, Ponzinibbio will keep coming and coming and coming. Um, so I think if Pehe is smart, which I think he's been getting more smart, even though I'll say it again, I don't necessarily like it. <laughs> I, I like the, the mad, stupid Pehe, if you want to put it that way, but it's not stupid, it's brilliant. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll win this. I just think, I think he's going to be too fast. I think he's going to be too long. I think he's going to be too powerful for Ponzinibbio here. Now, if Ponzi can get inside and he can land big shots and he can clip Pehe a few times early, he can absolutely knock him out. But I like Pehe here, and I think he'll win it at minus uh, 120. Right, my flyer bet of the week. And honestly, it's not that much of a flyer, if I'm being honest. I, I think this will happen. Um, it's Jailton Almeida to win the fight by a, a TKO KO. And as I look at it right here, right now, let me just check and make sure again. Yeah, it's plus 375. Um, now, it's not the biggest flyer bet of the week. And I, I want to get my flyer bets bigger, actually, than this. So this is maybe the last small one. So look, have a look for this one. Uh, he's fighting Parker Porter. Uh, if you don't know Jelton Almeida, he, he's the guy who calls himself the, the Brazilian Habib. Really good wrestler, really good ground and pound. I tried to watch some of his fights and see some strike, and it's hard to find it. And now Parker Porter is a very good striker, so if he can keep the fight on the feet, you know, I, I, I don't know too much. Like, from the bits I've seen of Almeida on the feet, he doesn't look great. He throws a few front kicks and he tries to throw a few right hands, but he, he's all about getting the fight to the ground. Now, Parker Porter is a small, squat, heavy fucker uh, in, the, uh, in the heavyweight division, and he's going to be hard to take down, and he has a couple of takedowns of his own. But I think Almeida, I'll use the word athletic again, he's an athletic freak. He's coming up from 205. He's actually fought down at middleweight as well, and he's fought at heavyweight before. He's taking this around a month's notice, maybe a little bit more, uh, which I'm sure will be fine. Um... But I fancy, I think all he needs is one takedown. He gets Parker Porter down, and I think he lands a lot of shots on the ground. I think he makes it really tough for him, and I think he'll get the finish here. Now, when you look at TKO KO, you're probably thinking, oh, he's going to knock him on the feet. I don't think that's the case. Now, maybe he will, hopefully, you know, if you've bet on it. Uh, but I think he's going to take him down, ground and pound him out. I think Parker Porter as well, he's such a big neck, like myself. How are you going to submit that man, you know? So I think if it does go to the ground, I think the submission is probably not as likely as it would be in most of Jailton Almeida's fights so I think he will um, I think he'll ground upon him and get the finish there so plus 375 for that I think that's a very good bet and if you're betting on that let me know and uh, we'll all uh, we'll all have a look at it and we'll all celebrate on, uh, on Saturday night right let's run through some of the other bets while we are here do you know what I want to talk just a small bit about uh, uh, Eagle FC um there's actually, actually as well, before we, we get to that, there is uh, an Aries card this weekend over in, uh, I think it's over in France, and there's another one coming up in a few weeks as well, and there's some very, very good guys in that, Ian Intwistle, who used to be in the UFC, he's, on that, he's actually an underdog uh, in that, but um, there's, uh, if you're looking at the, the prices in that, Liana Juoja is on that card as well, apparently they're, like, they're paying really good money and they're doing some good stuff over there, so there's some good fighters, and Aries is definitely a place to, to watch out for. Uh, as well, so keep an eye on that. Eagle FC as well this weekend, Junior Dos Santos here. Uh, the prices are kind of just coming in in different places, but I'm sure uh, they'll be up in bed MGM, I suppose, as we get closer to the fight. But just a couple of the, maybe the reference prices here, and uh, if you can find betting later on the week, please do it. And obviously over at uh, our friends in bed MGM, do it there if you're in the States. Um, Junior Santos is a big favourite over Jorgen DeCastro. He's minus 330. DeCastro is plus 255. An interesting one because DeCastro hits hard, you know. And where is Junior Dos Santos in his career? Is he is he still in at 100%? Is he still taking it seriously? Like Junior Santos five, ten years ago. 
you know, he probably would have been plus 2,000 here to, to win this, but uh, it's a little bit different these days. I'd probably still pick him to win, but uh, that's an interesting price there. Hector Lombard, uh, he's minus 110 over Thiago Silva, who's minus 120, just a favourite there. I'd probably go for Lombard, honestly, there. Um, very interesting fight, Dennis Hughes, Dylan Mantello, plus 190 for Hughes. Mantello's minus 240. They fought before... Um, Mantello won that fight, but it was a great fight. And, um, you know, I, I, Hughes could beat him this time. It might be, it might be an interesting one. And you can uh, check out the rest of the, the bets for uh, for those car- for that card um, over wherever you find your uh, your bets. Um, in the UFC, then, Holly Holm, she is with BetMGM. She's minus 250, plus 200 for our good friend, Ketlin Vieira. Uh, I'll give you a couple of... The over-under four and a half rounds uh, is... My uh, what? Let me just look here. Minus two twenty for the over four and a half rounds. The under is plus one eighty. So, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be backing that. It, it's probably gonna. It's probably gonna go to decision. But minus two twenty. Not a, not a big fan of that. If you fancy Holly Holm to get the KO, uh, plus three fifty. If you fancy Vieira, uh, Vieira, 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 uh, to get the KO, plus thirteen hundred. It's not a bad bet. That's not like Holly Holm is 40. I'll say it again. Is she going to be the same fighter? I don't know. Uh, Michelle Pierre is minus 125 uh, plus 105 for Ponzinibio. Chidi and that's an interesting fight against Todorovic. He's a big favorite. Minus 225. I'm kind of a little bit surprised by that. Todorovic is minus, or plus 190, sorry. Anders plus one seventy five minus two two five for Park. Uh, Pollyanna Viana is plus one ten over Tabitha Ritchie minus one three five. Alan Amadovsky plus one sixty. Joseph Holmes minus two hundred. My guy Jayalton Almeida is a uh, minus six hundred. So if you fancy him uh, in to win the by KO, as I said, plus uh, three seventy five. That's a very good bet. And Parker Porter is plus four twenty five. Probably not a bad bet either, if we're being honest. If we can land one bunch, I'll be that. Uh, Morales, minus 165, plus 135 for Medic. Jonathan Martinez is the big favourite at minus 220 against plus 180 Vince Morales. Chase Hooper, plus 150. That's, I think, too low, to be honest. Uh, Calares, minus 175, 185 here, and 165 in other places. And Elise Reed, uh, minus 175, Sam Hughes, plus 145. So, yeah. Uh, that is it for this week. Let me run through my bets just quickly again. Holly Holm by decision minus one twenty-five. Felipe Calares minus one sixty-five. Uh, Michelle Pejer to win straight up minus one twenty. Anders and Park fight doesn't go to a decision. Finishes inside the distance plus one twenty. And my flyer is Jailton Almeida to win via TKO KO at plus three seven five. All right, everybody, that is it for me, Sean Sheehan here on Sherdog.com for the betting show. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you all next time.